Let's bring him in now. Hall of Famer, Sidney Moncrief. Sidney, how are you, sir? Hey, Paul, I'm doing great today. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. Thanks for the invitation. So, Sidney, you know, we, we have the situation now with the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo, he is out for game five, hyperextended left knee. At this point, series tied at two. How do you see this thing going the rest of the way? I have no idea. Because <laughs> you, you really, Paul, you know, you cannot predict how players will react on either side right. to a key player being out. Sometimes the opponent relaxes and the other team raises their game, like we saw in game four, and and, and things happen that we don't predict. I really could not predict what might happen with these two teams. It's too much uncertainty, and the players seem to rise up to the occasion when they need to, and they seem to fall on their faces when they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Like when they have opportunities to take advantage of, of an injury or, an, or someone maybe not playing well, they don't. So your, your guess is probably better than mine and, and, on this one. And, and you talk about, I mean, we looked at game four. Going into game four, the conventional wisdom was, okay, no Trey Young. Bucks, you know, played fairly well in game three. Bucks seemingly on paper seemed to be the better team. You figured no Trey Young, they would dominate game four, but it was the total opposite. So, yeah. It yes, is. it was. It was because players sometimes, even though coaches say maintain your concentration, take advantage of this opportunity, don't let your guards down, all the old cliches coaches drill into players. But their subconscious just won't allow them to do that. The great teams, players could do that. They would just go out and play, and they would take advantage of every advantage that they have that was created by an injury or a guy not playing well or whatever. They took advantage of it. I think the teams that are very good but not maybe great, they, they failed to do that as well. So you, you look at this Bucks team, is this a team – Let's just say they're whole, hypothetically whole. Are they the best team in basketball that's left? Well, I thought Phoenix was the best team okay. in basketball. I thought Atlanta has been the best team in the Eastern Conference throughout the playoffs, not the Bucks, even though the Bucks can win a championship and they, they play good basketball in the playoffs. But if you watch from the first round up until now, Atlanta has been the most consistent the most impressive team on the Eastern side. And then Phoenix has been from the first round up until obviously last night, the best on the West side. Now I, I, I just look, when I look at these two teams, to me, I feel like if whole, the bucks are the better team, but I also felt last round that the Philadelphia 76ers were the better team when it came to Atlanta Hawks as well. So I don't know how much that really means. But, so you, you just well, well, it's really it's really timing. I'm not saying the Bucks are not the better team, and we're not even saying Philadelphia was not the better team, but they were not playing the better basketball right. <laughs> at okay. the time of the playoffs. Right. So that's all I'm saying is the team that were the teams that were playing the best. The one team in the Eastern Conference was Atlanta. 
Has it always been your experience? Obviously, you played a lot of basketball, a lot of playoff basketball. That the better team usually wins in a seven-game series. The most talented team, all things equal, normally wins in a seven-game series. But we don't clearly have right. a team that's, in my opinion, hands down the best team. And we, we went back to the timing issue. They're certainly Atlanta's. They found their groove at the right time. And had Hunter not gone down, they were clearly a better team than Milwaukee. Right. Hunter went down, key player. The Bucks had one of their key players to go down. And I think now you're probably on the money if you own paper, the Bucks is better, but not necessarily not necessarily on the court. They had not been better. And the thing about the playoffs, and, and I know it's kind of been magnified this year with so many injuries, but is it kind of the way it's always been that the team who is the most healthiest for the most part is the team that basically wins? Yes, you, you got that right. At the end of the day, talent trumps everything, but talent without healthy players, you don't win a championship. The teams that typically win championships are the talented teams that stay or not stay, but that are, are healthy <laughs> during their playoff run. Right. You always have Knicks and guys are injured and players miss games in the playoffs. That's been happening for 20, 30, 40 years. There's nothing new about that. So health is a, it's a critical factor in winning an NBA title. So hypothetically speaking, Giannis does not return, but somehow the Milwaukee Bucks, which I still think they could do, get to the NBA Finals. Do you have a shot against the Phoenix Suns? Oh yes. Okay. Oh, oh, absolutely. Okay. The Bucks are, as, as you know, a very legit, legitimate team. If they're healthy and if they're playing their best basketball, and you have to have at least two players playing at a high level on the offensive end, and then maybe one or two guys, definitely one guy coming off the bench that gives you that offensive punch. Teams that win championships—that's normally what they have. The Bucks, they're set up to do that. And they can they can certainly win win an NBA title, no doubt. So would it be a disappointment in your in your opinion if the Bucks in fact lose in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Atlanta Hawks? Would this season not be a success? Mm, I don't know. I, I think things happen with players and coaches and chemistry throughout the year that it would it would be considered a failure because they were uh, they were right there they would have won the championship had covid not hit okay. hands down hands down last COVID year hits, they're in the bubble they're in the bubble and just didn't make the adjustment that happens and now you have another opportunity to uh to to do better and then you run into new, you run into the new jersey nets who would have thought Right. That New Jersey would have loaded up to be and be so potent, and then they lose some top players, and now the Bucks are in the same position, being the favorite, and they lose a top player. <laughs> and I don't know if Trey Young, I don't know his status for tonight. Right, he's questionable. So, yes, yeah, he's questionable, and that's going to be huge if he plays or not, because I don't think the players that played as well for Atlanta, last game can have that same type of performance tonight. Right. 
is I don't I don't think they're that type of players. So they need Trey Young on the court. If Giannis is not playing, they need Trey Young on the court. They be in Atlanta, I think, to to beat the Bucks. So we we look at if you know we we, we see this series now in the, in, in the way it's playing out. Obviously, a two two affair, and we talk about how the Atlanta Hawks and their role players against in Game Four played well, and role players tend to be better at home for whatever reason. Has that been your experience when it comes to the NBA? To win championships or just playoff games? Well, just role players and how they play better at home. Uh, yeah, typically role players, it's been my experience that role players, I mean, when I played, I role, play, I role players, it didn't matter. <laughs> they, played, <laughs> they played well in general because they were, they were primetime players. Right. Uh, we just had more talent. We were deeper, and it didn't matter. But I think when you're a marginal role player, you do get that, that extra juice from the home crowd, uh, that additional confidence from the home crowd, and you, you do play better at home than you, than you would on the road. So we, we look at the Phoenix Suns, and, and this is a team with Chris Paul in the NBA Finals. Chris Paul makes the NBA Finals for the first time in his 16-year career. I mean, had a big-time performance last night, 41 points, including 31 in the second half, watching Chris Paul and watching the things that he does, the way he's playing at the age of 36, what are your thoughts on the way Chris Paul's playing? Uh, not surprising. In today's NBA, players can play longer. They can play at a higher level. It's somewhat diluted, but they stay healthier. Uh, they work on their game. He's a pro's pro, and it does not surprise me that he plays well when he's older. Durant plays well. It's just not – it doesn't seem to be an issue if a guy's 34, 35, 36, 37. That used to be the case when I played when you were a bigger player. Uh, they could play longer, but when you were a Chris Paul or a player that size or 6'4", six, 6'5", six, player, 6'6", six, six, your career was typically over it in 10 years. But that's not the case. It does not surprise me about Chris Paul. So if we drop Sidney Moncrief. He's a gamer. Yeah, for sure. If we drop Sidney Moncrief into 2021, I'm, you know, 82, 83, 84, 85. I mean, four straight years, you were a 20-point scorer. The way they defend now or the way they let you defend now, I mean, there's a lot of free movement out there. A lot of free movement. Would you average more points, you think, in this in this era of basketball? No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's hard to say what you could do in this era of basketball because you just don't know. Right. We'll never find out. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we do know that. <laughs> I, I, I want to ask you this. We saw the Philadelphia 76ers and we saw the situation with Ben Simmons and, you know, his inability, refusal, whatever it is to shoot the basketball. And watching that, what, what what do you see? Well, I just think it's very unusual for a superstar player that's very celebrated to not want to take a shot down the stretch. But I've seen it over the years with even top players that maybe they were struggling from the foul line. They would, they would not even want to be in the lane to get fouled. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Right. 
<laughs> so I've seen that before. And I don't want anyone to think that Ben Simmons' case is something unique or different. Because when I reflect back, uh, I've seen some really good players do that same thing. They didn't want to get fouled, so they wouldn't shoot the ball. They would pass it. They would be, they could be under the basket, and they would pass it. Right. They wouldn't even go to the basket, so they wouldn't get to make sure they would not get fouled. Uh, so I, I just felt sorry for him because I know he was thinking I don't want to hurt the team right now, and so I'm going to pass the ball and not get fouled as opposed to thinking I'm going to go up and duck this basketball <laughs> or get two points. <laughs> but that's what lack of confidence can, t- can do to you as a player, and we've all had those, those nights. Well, we felt that way. I don't care how great you are. You've had those nights. You just didn't have them for very long. <laughs> you didn't have them for the full game, but you, we've all had those type of nights. Is it fixable? Oh, yes. Okay. It is. It is. I think it is. Just uh, getting more quality time. It's not an issue. A lot of times people say, I need to get in the gym and work. No, it's how you work. It's not just getting in the gym and work. It is what situations are you putting yourself in when you're working in the summer that could that could simulate that type of scenario when you're in a game i know it's hard to recreate but you can do certain things in practice in the summer to put more pressure on yourself where you can get better in those situations so it is fixable absolutely like you watch and you look at the situation with, with Philly and, and, and Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, if you're in that situation, do you still keep those two together? Is that a winning situation? Can those two put together, you know, together, yeah, obviously with a few other pieces, ultimately win a title? Oh, yeah, they could. Okay. Why not? I mean, why, I mean I'm, I'm not trying to be funny, Paul, but why couldn't they? We don't really know if they could not do that. And I think you have to get some stronger players around him also. And that will help alleviate some of the pressure that he was feeling. Uh, because right now, Philadelphia, they're, they're still limited as far as uh, a go-to guy, a second or third option go-to player. You need one more of those type players. I think they would be okay. Because we look, we look at Giannis, right? And his stroke isn't the best stroke out there. But he shoots it. He tries. And then it's like Ben Simmons, it's the total opposite, it's like, I, I don't think he has a bad stroke. It's just like you said, it's a confidence situation. And, and in reality, at the end of the day, you know, you can be anything you want to be, but if you don't feel that you are what you want to be, then you're never going to be with that particular thing. That's just the reality of the situation. You are what you say you are. And so at the end of the day, he, for whatever reason, uh, is not going to shoot the basketball. And, and I'm hoping just like you are that it can be fixed and that he can overcome whatever barrier that is in his way. I mean, there are there is sports psychology out there. It, it, is that a route that, you know, possibly he could think about? Uh, say that one more time. I didn't quite understand what route because I, oh, I kind of got – No problem. Um, in terms it's not of, that you were not clear, Paul, but I, I got distracted for one minute. No, that's fine. So I'm, I'm fully engaged in listening to what no, you just said now. No, I'm a, so in terms of him in, in, in sports psychology, would, could that be an option for him? Yes, yes, I believe I believe that sports psychology 
is is a viable option for any player, just like it would be for a person as it relates to their life. Uh, but then you have to take whatever you learn from sports psychology and then you have to apply it on the basketball court or on the practice court. Confidence, as you know, is a shaky, it's, it's, it, can, it can come and go. And it's so much more pressure. I can never recall a time, even though I said something earlier, but I, I'm going to say this, with I think with full arms, I can never, I can never recall a time on the basketball court in the NBA that I did not feel confident Okay. that I would not take a shot or do something because I felt, I'm sure there were times, I just don't remember them. But we didn't have Twitter. We didn't have Instagram. (laughs) We didn't have Facebook. (laughs) We didn't have entourage. We didn't have all those things that got in our heads also. And it's so much more information and criticism now that a player has to deal with and we only had the newspaper and tv that's right. it thank god so right? much more difficult <laughs> thank god thank god i'm glad <laughs> i'm glad yeah i mean that is the ultimate game changer when it comes to anything in life and sports and anything social media is 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 can be a bear can be something and you know it's not always the easiest things to navigate so yeah that, that that's definitely a, a tough thing uh when we look at uh, ben Simmons, and we look at sports in general and people. I mean, it's a def- definitely a tough thing. So you look at, at, at the end of the day, when, when, when this whole thing is all said and done, is Chris Paul going to be walking away with his first ring? If I had to answer that question today, I'll say absolutely. Right. Because they have played the best basketball, and they have been the most healthiest team so far in the playoffs. Right. If they if they continue to not have injuries, and con- and continue to play like they plan, which they probably will, they will be difficult to beat. Not impossible, but difficult to beat. So, one of your former coaches, Eddie Sutton, there at Arkansas, he went on and into the Hall of Fame. T- talk about Eddie Sutton and, and and the impact he's had on your life. Oh, Eddie Sutton. When you consider back years ago, you went to school normally for four years. You had some guys who, that did not go to college, a couple guys that maybe came out early. But in general, most even great players play four years. And those four years are the most critical years of your life, not only in basketball, but just becoming a person, becoming a man. Coach Sutton was the type of coach that if you gave him a young man, gave him that player for four years, they would not only come out a better basketball player, definitely tougher, fundamentally grounded, winner, mentally tough, but they would come out a better person, more responsible, uh, academically on top of their game, understanding teamwork, understanding sacrifice, and all the things that you need to understand to become successful. I learned that under Coach Sutton and most players, I was very fortunate and lucky to have him as my coach for four years. Great kid. Great coach and great guy. What was it like for you? I mean, obviously, you're in the Hall of Fame now. That whole ceremony, all that stuff, you going into the Hall, what was that moment like for you? (laughs) Oh, I am so, so much not into all of that. Okay. That I don't know what it was like. (laughs) 
I, I didn't feel anything. Seriously, I didn't feel anything like super special or or emotional or like reflective. I didn't feel any of that. It was like, oh, that's cool, Hall of Fame. <laughs> so that's how I felt for me. Okay. And then the other thing is, I started looking back. I, I was reflected from this time, reflected from this standpoint. I started thinking about all the players I played against over my 11-year career. And there were some really, I don't ask me to name them, there were some players that I'm like, dang, they could be in the Hall of Fame. Or had they played two more years, they could have been in the Hall of Fame. The list of players that you play against that are really good players, great players, it kind of takes over for me and made me reflect on how blessed and fortunate I was to be in that position because a lot of players were great players and they played for they, they played for great teams. Are you here to meet with somebody? Yeah. So real quick before we get you out of here, what's going on with Sidney Moncrief today? Uh, I am I have a hold on, somebody interrupted me. I'm sorry. I have a professional development company. We call it a people development company. And we do workshops and design and deliver curriculum in the area of team enhancement, leadership, diverse and inclusion, entrepreneurship. So I build people. Okay. And I have fun doing it. And that's what I do nowadays. And that sounds – do you get more pleasure out of building people than you do winning basketball games? Absolutely. It's, it's more – it's longer lasting. Right. Sure. It, it, it changes the world. It changes the world that we live in. Basketball is just entertainment. Right. And the players, if players figure that part out, and they just – it's entertainment, and people pay to see you. So you need to give them everything you have. It's like a rock. You don't go to a lot of bad concerts, do you, Paul, where you have a, a top flight entertainer and they just get up there and bomb. You don't see that much. No. <laughs> no, they get up there and you're like, oh, my God, they're putting this out. They're entertaining me. That's how basketball players should have their mentality should be. I'm not going to cheat this person or this audience coming to see me. I'm not going to cheat them. And but beyond that, realize that it's still at the end of the day a game right so and life has so many so many more important aspects to it than sports and basketball so fans make sure you go to the website sydneymoncrief.com that's sydneymoncrief.com uh, this is a man who's, who's done a lot on the basketball court and doing a lot off the court building people and, and doing some big things sydney absolute pleasure talking to you sir with you, nothing but the best of luck moving forward. The love will do it again. Take care of yourself. Thank you, Paul. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> talk to you. Take care, sir.